Time when he gave you your his spirit. Time when he would just nestle close. And times when it looked like there just wasn't any answer to any questions. You had a lot of questions. There didn't seem to be any answers. And Jesus just came and let you snuggle up close to him. He began to unravel and reveal himself. Begin to speak to your life things become different. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's not just a great big earthquake, not a flash of lightning or thunder rolling. Sometimes it's just a still small voice of the master, boy voice of the master that comes and speaks peace to your innermost being. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Just reach down and get your Bible. Remain standing for the reading of God's word. And turn to Matthew, the ninth chapter. Matthew, the ninth chapter. We'll be reading four or five verses beginning at the 27th verse. Matthew 9, 27th verse. These are old scriptures. Familiar as they are, there's still something inside of them that God wants us to understand. You ever notice that sometimes scriptures just don't read like they did before? I mean, the same words are there, but uh, there's just an entirely different meaning there. That's, that's God's word, so you just can't nail it down. Uh, it just branches here and there, and it teaches us so many lessons. It said that when Jesus departed thence, Two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith be it unto you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all that country. As they went out, behold, he brought a dumb a man, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with the devil. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It has never, it was never so seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, he casteth out devils through the prince of devils. Father, we thank you tonight for the preservation of your word and for the purity of your word and for something that will stand forever when everything else falls and fails. Master, your word is still alive and it still stands. Might we base our life upon this and set our foundation upon the word of God. We thank you tonight. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated and we appreciate you standing for the reading of God's word. Relatively simple subject tonight, but yet inside some depth that we might try to understand. I'm going to try to uh, stay as calm as I can tonight because I feel like there's some things in there that we need to understand that God is asking out of our lives. Especially in a time of distress and sicknesses and sin and everything else 
uh, that is coming upon the world, it uh, just seems like uh, that faith is hard for us to hold to. And uh, now if you'll notice the scriptures open when Jesus, every place he went, he was doing good. Every place he went, he was teaching the word of God. Every place he went, there was messages. And wherever he went, there was people that need, had needs. And Jesus was doing his best to supply them. And he's walking along the road and two blind men follow him crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the party stopped. They went into the house. And these two men managed to get a little closer and they repeated their question. And Jesus simply says, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And their reply was, Yea, Lord. So Jesus gave them their sight, and if we're not careful when we see the miracle of their sight, we want to rejoice with them on that, we'll miss the phrase that Jesus said that was pertinent to their receiving sight. He simply said, according to your faith, be it unto you, or according to your belief or your faith, it's going to be done to you. Now, this is one of the few passages that reveal what the needy person is supposed to believe. Now, naturally, the essential meaning of faith is always to look to God himself, fix our gaze on him, never let our gaze go out to circumstances, never let our spiritual eyes look upon the things that is, is happening around us, but fix our gaze upon Jesus. You'll notice on so many occasions when People ask him for something. He said, look on me. In other words, fashion your gaze on me. Look right into my eyes, so to speak, and forget everything that is surrounding you and forget the din and noise that surrounds you and forget uh, the people that surround you and close your mind to everything except me. Look on me. And I think that phrase is still a reality and I think it's so good for us to remember that when we have a need, we have to still look on Him. We have to face in our, fasten our gaze securely upon the Master and realize, as this man did, uh, that it is necessary to believe in God. Now, most of us will say, well, I believe in Him. And that is something that's easy for us to say. But sometimes with our mouth, we don't speak what the heart says. And I want to challenge us tonight to be careful when we say something concerning believing on God because he don't pay any attention to what you say from the mouth. He listens to what the heart is saying. And he is concerned that we believe on him. And he asked that question, Are you, do you feel like that I am able to do this? And here we see what God in particular that we are to count as true. A particular thing and a question that he asked. He did not ask that their faith be monumental. He didn't ask for their faith to be supernatural. He didn't ask for a great a moving in their spirit. All he asked was said, do you believe that I am able to do this? And uh, they said, evidently from their innermost being, as well as their mouth, Lord, we believe that. Now, they had evidently saw and known some things about Jesus before they ever came to him. And for the most part, most of us have saw many things about the Lord we have experienced our salvation through him. We had to believe that he's able to save us. We have experienced a move of God in our life. We have to believe that he's concerned about us. And everything that we receive from God, we have to believe that he is able to do that for us. Able to believe it without a shadow of a doubt. And the blind men affirmed that Jesus was able to meet their needs. They had no doubt in their mind whatsoever that the capabilities of Jesus was able to meet whatever need they had. These were blind men. How long they had been blind, I don't know. 
But I do know they were blind. I do know they couldn't see. And I do know that Jesus touched their eyes. And he was actually saying, now it's not just my touch. Although he had power enough to do it, but still there's a reservation made for man. Mankind has to do his part. He simply says, not only is it my touch, but it is your belief as I touch you that this is going to happen. Do you believe that I'm able to make you see again? Now, if we're here tonight and we don't know God, we have to believe that the shed blood of Calvary is just as great right now as it was 2,000 years ago. If we have known God and we don't know Him now, we have to stand in His presence and believe that He was capable of cleansing us once. He's capable of doing the same thing over and over again if we come to Him. We have to believe that. Anything we receive, we have to believe for. Now, it doesn't uh, take a belief out in this world. Jesus just simply saying, fashion your eyes on me. Look on me, believe on me. And he touched their eyes and said, now, according to how you believe in me. Now, it's not that, Lord, yeah, I, I kind of believe maybe you can and maybe you will one of these days. Maybe if I go to the hospital and get an operation on those eyes, I'll be able to see. And you see, this is a token of our belief and our faith. You see, if we have faith in the doctors, that's fine. But that's really not the faith in God that God is looking for. Now, now it doesn't hurt us to find out what is going on in our body, all right? I'm not saying that that is the wrong thing to do. Find out what it is, lay it before God, and have faith to believe that He alone is able to take care of this. Of course, naturally, He answers our prayer if our faith is in in the doctors or in the hands of a surgeon and we believe that God can, hand, can guide the hands of that surgeon, then that's our faith. That's the way it has to be. But God is saying here, do you believe if I touch you that you're going to have your eyes open? And these men, I believe, I don't think they were just saying that. They had a need in their life. A need that, that, that was desperate and they simply said, yes, Lord, we believe. You notice that, yea, Lord, just that simple. Didn't have to have a message preached. Didn't have to have their head shook off. Didn't have to be uh, anointed with oil and smeared all over. And there's nothing wrong with that. But just simply a belief in God that stands before him and says, If you say you can, I believe it. And then we go on down a little bit. And Jesus simply says, I will. I'll do that according to your faith. And then we find another occasion where a leper comes to Jesus and notice his question again if you are willing you can make me clean now you notice those two things there uh, that this leper is is asking Jesus says now are you willing to make me clean and if you're willing you can and so Jesus simply says, I will, and he cleansed the man of his diseases. You see, the leper recognized as true the willingness of God to touch his life, to believe that he can. I think sometimes it would be good to search our life and our experience and see at this particular moment in our life, whether it's sickness or whatever it might be, whether it's problems or trouble, and see at this moment, is it the will of God to touch your life right now? Or is it the trial uh, trying of your faith that worketh patience? Is God trying to teach us something through our activities? Is God withdrawing himself from where we're standing just to see how much our belief fastens on to him and just how much we really believe in him? You see, there is a trial of our faith. God allows that. We become strong in God when we wither these storms and we receive something from God that we can never receive by immediate automatic touch of the Master's hand. I know what I'm talking about. I have suffered with a heart attack and most of you know this and, and maybe it gets old to you but it doesn't get old to me. But I suffered with a heart disease for eight years trying desperately to believe ups and downs in my belief doubts and fears as to whether God was, was willing or whether he would touch me. I don't think I doubted his capabilities, 
Maybe I doubted uh, uh, my own uh, uh, failures and my own weaknesses. But for eight years, God allowed me to suffer. God allowed my heart to continue to deteriorate. God allowed me to come down almost to the very close of death, very troublesome death. And then he called upon me then to believe him. In other words, I was seeking the will of God. I had long since quit demanding that God do this, that, or something else. I had long since come to the place to where I just said, God, whatever you desire, and I had to admit, I don't understand. I don't understand with the church that's growing. I don't understand with a wife and, and four teenagers that I would leave them. I don't understand this, God. I don't understand what's going on in my life. I don't understand that, but I still believe you. I still hold fast to your unchanging hand. And eight years of learning. Listen, saints, I learned some things in those years of suffering and those years of trials. Now, I could have, like a lot of them, just say, well, God, I don't know where you're at. Throw my hands up and forget all about it. But there's a learning process in a waiting process. Can you say amen? When we're waiting, we should be learning. Instead of complaining about our fate and complaining about what is there, if you've done the best you could, if you've believed as much as you can believe, if you've got a hold of God's unchanging hand, and yet there is nothing there, try holding on to that and believing what He has said already in your life. And while you're there, start learning. Start learning. Get into the Bible. I wore one Bible out on, on the faith chapter and, and I almost wore another one out in Hebrews the 11th chapter of the faith chapter, listening to what God had to say, seeing deliverance from some and no deliverance from others. And in pain and in agony, learning to trust in Jesus when the times were hard, when you're walking through valleys, just know without a shadow of a doubt. I went through times where there wasn't uh, a time, a long time, for a chill ever, ever went down my backbone. Before I ever felt like speaking in tongues. I walked in the pulpit when I didn't feel like being in the pulpit. Whenever you just said, God, if you're not healing me, I'm not preaching. But something inside of me said, I know what I'm doing. Hold fast to my unchanging hand. Believe on me. Trust me. Hold on to me. And I'm going to see you through. And then it seemed like the longer I went, the less those words sounded. Until it come almost to the time of just death. Just death, I knew. Doctor had already told me. When these things begin to happen, you just got a few hours at the most a few days. And then you're faced with that. You're looking at everything that God ever promised you Everything God ever said that He was going to allow to your life, every step that He walked with you, and every promise that He made, and you're looking at those, and you're seeing none of those materialized, and you're standing there wondering, did God really say those things to me? You see, there again, then, then rationalization takes control. Old Adam's nature starts in. And he begins to talk. And he begins to get loud. And the louder he gets, the more your ears were filled with the things and noise of this world. Until I learned one thing. When old Adam's nature starts uh, preaching to me, and when the din and noise of this world comes in, I seek a refuge and I find it in Jesus Christ. I did then and I still do. It's the only way I can exist in this world. Because we're not immune to all sicknesses. We're not immune to all diseases. But while we are undergoing those things, if we will listen, God will teach us a lesson. And this man simply says, If you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus says, I will. They recognize the willingness. They also recognize the capabilities of Jesus. And uh, these things suggest something specific about how to pray in faith. We wish to phrase our request in terms of positive statements to God. I mean, don't just name it and claim it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about positive statements to God. Statements like, Lord, doesn't make any difference what happens. 
I still love you. I still believe you. Positive statements to God. It doesn't make any difference. What I see and don't see, it's what you see in my life. Positive statements to God. Statements with no negativism in them whatsoever uh, about what He's doing in your life. Just simply saying, God, I still believe you. It doesn't matter uh, whether it looks like things are happening as they should or not. I'm still trusting in you. Positive statements. And when we ask, we ought to express our confidence, first of all, in His ability. Have we got any reason to doubt the ability of God? Ask yourself that question immediately. Have I got any reason to doubt the abilities of God? We don't have any reason. But a lot of times we do. Not by our words necessarily, but by our actions. Because sometimes we just give up on God. Throw up our hands and just say, well, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and still nothing happened. Not knowing all the time working inside of lives and inside of hearts, your prayers still being answered by God. He's having to work through a hard heart. <laughs> all right. He's having to work through a stubborn mind. <laughs> All right, he's having to work uh, uh, through doubts and fears. He's having to get past old Adam's nature and touch the anointing spirit of God inside. He's having to get past all of that. And once he gets past that and he begins to speak to our heart, you'll see life change, amen? You'll see changes in lives. Amen. We have to believe that he's able and then question his willingness. Now we know that it is not His will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and have everlasting life. When it comes to salvation, God is willing to save anybody. Amen. It doesn't make any difference how far in sin you walked. doesn't make any difference what you've done. doesn't make any difference what you are doing now. If you still have a desire to touch Jesus, He still has a willingness to let you use the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has the ability to give you and the willingness to give you the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. You don't have to question His willingness to give you that because He is willing to do that. But there are areas and times in our life that God is not willing to touch us in some areas because He has a program. Got something to work out in our life. Now, if we wasn't so thick-skinned and so hard-headed, he wouldn't have to do a lot of these things to us. Say amen, Brother Hoskoff. I mean, it's, he don't like to, uh, to see you have to walk down valleys. And he don't like to see you suffer. And he don't like to see any sickness there. But if he can get you to a place where you'll get a hold of his hand and believe him, he'll allow that to happen. And so sometimes we just have to say, God, is it time yet? Is it time yet? Now, Lord, you know that I've asked you about this. You know, I've laid this there, and I don't know for sure just whether when you want to do it, is it time yet? I'm still you're not doubting him. You're still believing him. You're still trusting him. In other words, it's harder to believe like that than it is to just ask and get zapped immediately. That tries your faith. The trying of your faith worketh patience, Peter says, or James says. Peter talks about a great trial of your faith. I'm sure that we haven't seen anything like Peter's talking about. But the trying of our faith does work patience with us. Makes us patient with one another. <laughs> All right? Makes it patient with one another. I've said so often, and I, I hear it a lot, and I say most of the time when you hear... Uh, message, messages about, hey, just take up your bed and walk, do this, do that, and something else. What's the matter with you? Why are, are you languishing around? Uh, why are you sick? Most of the time this comes from young people who don't get sick much. And then they change their message when old nature here begins to wear out. 
And when all those aches and pains that come along uh, bodily ailments as you get just a little bit older, uh, then they suffer with those and they change their tune. It's all right then for them to have a little arthritis and not have it healed. <laughs> all right, it's all right for them to suffer a few afflictions and things in the body and not have it healed. But that came along whenever they got older. All right? So be careful what we say. All right, understand where God is trying to lead us. And uh, uh, we, we ask and express confidence in the willingness of God at His time and His abilities. Look back over the times that He's helped you. You see, this is a difference in begging. I've seen people that think faith is begging. Please, Lord, I beg of you, Lord, please, 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 come down, Lord, please do this. You don't have to beg God. You don't have to beg God uh, for forgiveness of sins. Ask Him, and He'll forgive you. You don't have to beg Him for healing. Ask Him. You don't have to beg Him for the Holy Ghost. Ask Him, and He will give it to you. But you see, it's not just please, Lord. Please do this for me. It's far beyond that. That's different than trying to even generate a faith. You see, people try to generate a faith. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, oh God, I believe, I believe, I believe. That's not it. I mean, you could say that all day. You could sound like a broken record or locomotive just by saying, I believe, I believe. But you've got to get it inside here. And the only way that you can is how faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. All right, in other words, faith is based upon the unadulterated, pure word of Almighty God. What He has to say concerning your belief. Not what some great individual, God's man in faith and power for the hour, not that. What does God say? He'll talk to you in times of trouble. Yes, he will. If he don't change the circumstances, he'll change you to meet the circumstances. And so it's a little bit different than trying to just generate faith. You consecrate on God's ability. You attempt to focus on how big God is, not how little your faith is. You see, it's so easy for the devil to come along and say, you don't have any faith. Forget it, you don't have any faith. Quit arguing with, with that devil about that. Why do I say that? Because the Bible says he's dealt to every man a measure of faith. So if we don't know anything else other than that, we know that God has given us a measure of faith. Now we can increase that. And God intends for us to do that. That's, that's seed faith. But don't argue with the devil about that. Just begin to concentrate on how big God is. Have you ever just took some time out to just go from Genesis to Revelation and look at the greatness of God? The power of God. Have you ever went back and watched him as he pleaded with old Pharaoh with all of his plagues and all his power and all of his might have you ever even went back farther than that have you stood on the abysses of nothing and looked out over a world of nothingness and listened to the word of God and simply waves his hand and said let it be hallelujah let it happen just by his word Brings this world into focus. Throwed it out in there on nothing. <laughs> there wasn't, at one time there was nothing anywhere but God. In the beginning, God was. In the beginning, He existed. He'll exist when everything else has faltered and failed. God will still be there. But God throwed the world out on nothing. Hung the stars. Hung the moon. Hung the sun placed this earth here and made it livable for humanity. Men looked at it in its chaos one time when the powers of hell 
uh, angels rebelled against God under Lucifer and there was war in heaven and it affected the inhabitants of the earth whatever they might have been and, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And then the Spirit of the Lord moved, hallelujah, moved upon the face of the waters. That word is brooded. Kind of like a hen broods over her eggs until her hatch and the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon the face of the earth. And he began to brood over that and that destructive area. And then he began to speak. And he said, let there be light. And there was light. I'm talking about believing God. I'm talking about a God that was then. And one that will be. But more importantly, the one that is now. On and on and on you can go walk through there sometime. Look at his power. Watch what he does. And listen to what he says. And then you'll get an idea of how big God is. And then it won't really matter whether you feel like you've got a bunch of faith or not. You'll see a God that is able to do all things. Over and above that which we're able to imagine. Well, we have to see him like that. We cannot see him as a weak, anemic God that refuses to have anything to do with the affairs of man. The church world has left him outside. We have, on occasion, left him outside. We don't see inside there what God is saying through this scripture that forget how little you are. Forget how little you understand. Forget about that. Quit letting the devil hit you over the head with that. And focus on how big. How big God is. Open the Red Sea. Just by his breath. Blowed it. I don't know how he did it. But that Red Sea opened three miles long. And during that night, they was able to walk the next day out uh, 3,000 abreast on dry ground. I'm talking about a God that was then and is still the same type of a God. I'm talking about a God that can do. A God that is alive. Follow him on down. Follow him on down. Follow him in his church. Follow him when he finally decided that he was just going to have him a church. He was just going to fill everybody that wanted him uh, with, with his Holy Spirit. And he was going to utilize mankind. And he was going to allow them the same prerogative and the same privilege that Jesus had when he walked the shores of Galilee. Invested this church with the same power. And the Bible says, if all the things that Jesus did was recorded, the books in this whole world couldn't hold them. Three years and a half of miracles and power and usage of what indwelt him insomuch that if it was written, the world could not hold the book. Then he says, now I've got to go away. But I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to come to you. And he did on the day of Pentecost and he still is. He still is. If we want to make our prayers more answerable, make God bigger than your problems. Make Him bigger than what is happening inside of your life. My answer came not long after I made God bigger than my problems. After eight years of suffering and toiling and learning, I made God bigger than any problem. In other words, I finally come to the place where God, this is your vessel, and this is your temple, and I am your called one without a shadow of a doubt, and what you choose to do with me is your business. 
If you want to leave me on this earth, I'll do my very dead level best to do what you want me to do. But if you want to take me from this earth, I feel like that I am ready to go. So how big is God? Don't go on moaning about how bad you feel and how bad your situation is and all of this and always begging God for help. Just express your confidence in God. How big is God? How great He is? His ability to help. That makes a healthy faith. How many of you believe that we need a healthy faith in our church and in our lives? A healthy faith. A faith that lives and breathes God. A faith that don't dictate to Him His business by the faith that believes on him that his business will be taken care of. His way. The way he wants it. I've prayed for the day when it will be healthy to look at people and say, not today. I've been forced to pray with people. Well, I knew God didn't touch and wasn't going to. And I've looked in those eyes and I've thought, God, they'll crucify me. They'll think I'm belittling them and belittling their, their faith. But it's not that at all. It's just that God has not got through that thick head yet what He wants to get through there's still some things he wants to talk to us about. You see, Christ made some outrageous promises about faith in the Bible. You ever read that? And when you read them, did you ever just look and think, man, that's, that's outrageous. I mean, God, you can't do that today. There's no way. Uh, you see, he made them bare and he made them unqualified. He just laid them out to us in order to open us up to more possibilities in him. Yes. You see, habitually, we withdraw inside of our own nature that has denied the possibilities of God, that has denied the power of God, that has refused the touch of Almighty God, insomuch that God wants us to look inside here and see the possibilities that we have never explored in our life. We live our own comfortable lives. God, don't you ever mess with me and change me. As this one preacher said, I was Baptist born and Baptist bred and I'll be Baptist dead. And there's a whole lot of us Pentecostals the same way in Nazarenes and everything else. Is don't disturb us. Don't open us up to any possibilities at all. After all, this is the way I was raised. And this is the way I was taught. Who taught you? Get in this book and see if there was not an erroneous teaching, an erroneous doctrine. And if there is, throw it away. You'll never advance into the presence of God like you should until you get a hold of the truth of God's Word. And many times he's there asking much more is possible through prayer of faith than we think there is. God wants to push us to experiment a little farther, to attempt greater things in our lives. Jesus wanted to stretch his disciples and us who were and still are slow to believe, slow to grasp the potential of the kingdom of God. I realize there is a natural kingdom, but right now we're living in a spiritual kingdom and we do not realize the potential of that kingdom. What God has said was ours. He's saying to them, and He's saying to us, see more possibilities. Now it's easy. It's easy for us to look around and say, things don't look bad. It's easy for us to look at our own lives and say, I'm not really a bad person. But you could be better. See that possibility, will you? <laughs> okay, see that possibility of being better. 
And every day see a possibility of being richer in God. See that possibility, explore it. And we can look around search-wise. That's not too bad. But see more possibilities. Can you see the possibility of just getting hold of God enough and lifting Him up enough and he says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Can you just see with a praying, agonizing, believing, and a willing church on its knees concerned about a world out here? Can't you just see the possibility of that great omnipotent spirit of God going out here and bringing in a child of God and making him a child of God? Bringing in a child of the devil and making him a child of God for no other reason. Nobody talked to them. Nobody pleaded with them, but the Spirit of God walked out of here and got a hold of that soul and brought them into the kingdom of God. Can we see that possibility? Or is your eyes blinded to that? Can we see the possibilities of healings and of miracles and of gifts of the Spirit operating? coming from lives and congregations and leadership. Can we see the possibilities of that? Faith working in us. Faith realizing how big God is. Not how little we are, or how small we are, or how little we can believe, but how big God is. When you just ask, remember his words? He said, ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. But what was he saying? He's saying ask. Now I realize that you have to ask according to his will. But he said, if you ask anything according to my will, it'll be done. Unqualified statement. Is that a possibility? Can we grasp that? Do we really believe that that is for us tonight? For community chapel? Do we really believe that? Can you see the possibilities of miracles? Can you see possibilities of, of people that are dying restored just like that to health? Jesus wants to stretch these things, grasp the potential of the kingdom of God. And he's saying to us, draw some conclusions. Conclude that God wants to do this. Now he said, ask and you receive. If you ask for souls, then you know that's according to his will. You can't go wrong there. And he said, if you ask for them, and faith believing, you receive them. He said, seek wisdom, knowledge, power, anointing, souls again, and you'll find. Knock. There needs to be some doors open. Amen, Brother Hoskow, there needs to be some doors open. There needs to be some lives changed. There needs to be an entrance. And he said, if you'll knock, it'll be open. So simple, isn't it? So simple. And yet it's not being utilized. Exercise our faith in prayer. Stand on tiptoes, what it means. Reaching up for the hand of God recognizing your smallness, confessing your weakness, your inabilities. If nothing else, tell him you don't know how to believe. Tiptoeing, standing up there and asking for the mighty hand of God to come down and grasp yours and take you into the possibilities of the kingdom of God. Whatever your soul needs and desires, God is open. Let me tell you, saints, he's not going to give you anything you don't want. Even though you need it, and he knows you do, if you don't want it, he's not giving it to you. He won't coerce you, and he'll push nothing on you, but everything that you want and desire, according to his will, he'll give it to you. He knows. You see, there are some specific things that we can do to make our prayers more answerable. It's not so much finding a surefire formula. You know, we search and look in the Bible and there's got to be a formula for this and I read after men and 
there's a formula for belief and there's a formula for prayer and there's a formula for this and there's a formula for that and everybody's got their own. But it's not so much finding a surefire formula as it is just using plain old common sense. God give us a mind to look in his word. And God give us sense enough to believe in his word because he's never went back on it one time. And, uh, and biblical principles to impress upon him in our prayer. You see, there is a scripture where God says, command ye me. In other words, you can get to the place to where you can order God and tell him what your needs are and tell him what you desire in your life. He asks that out of us. But these two blind men and this leper had first of all to just in their own being say, God, you can. You can. Look back, saints. It hadn't been that long since God has been so good to you. How long has it been since you were weighted and loaded down with sin and despair and you didn't know where to turn or what to do? And you didn't have to have a lot of belief. But you just believed because you'd heard one time the Lord loved you and that his blood was shed for you and you just came to him and you opened yourself and your soul burdened down and you said, Lord, I need you. I have to have you. And remember, it was different from some than from others, but remember when that load lifted Remember back when everything changed, everybody you looked at was different. Hardly had any enemies at all when you first came to Jesus. Just loved everybody. That's the way it ought to be, yes. But that was the freshness of his spirit. Remember when you recognized that there was something great that you hadn't received something great out there that you hadn't received and you needed it and you just came oh I remember it well I remember it well listen I came up and there's nothing wrong they got the job done I came up through old Pentecost where they'd get you all to slap you on your back and shake your head until it almost rolled off and spit and slobber in your face and uh, you know and everything else I came up to that and they got the job done they got the job done one would say turn loose another and say hold on I didn't know what I'm supposed to do but I remember in spite of all that inside something said host cloth you need something. And I knew I did. I knew I did. I knew I just didn't have what it took to make it without him. So see, it's not where you're at. You see, it all boils down to this. You either ask a question or you make a statement. You either say, can God or God can. One of the two. You have to realize, which one am I saying? Am I asking a question, or am I making a statement? It's been a lot of years ago. I remember it just like it was yesterday. Hunger, eating, gnawing. Wasn't even safe hardly to be around me. Cross as a bear. <laughs> I don't have to agree with everything I say. <laughs> not satisfied with anything some of the best meals God bring me back to that place again <laughs> I turn around and walk away from them <laughs> nothing but Jesus nothing but the Lord I thought well I know how to get him you go to church and you get at the altar 
Não tem. Só a galera tem um, cara. So confused. So backward. Nothing. In the mercy of God, because hunger and thirst could not prove God. You can. Called out, go to work, go transport truck in the oil field, on call 24 hours a day, wanted to go to church, would have went. They called me out. My prayer was this, God, I can't live another day without your spirit. There's nothing in this world that I want to care about. Nothing. I remember, you get tired of hearing this, close your ears. I don't get tired of telling you. I remember leaning my head back on that old truck. I said, God, I need you. I need you. I've got to have you. Just maybe a minute or two minutes. Because he heard this, the groan, way down inside. Till that Holy Spirit of God filled that truck. I began to speak in another tongue. As the Spirit gave utterance with nobody there but me and God because a soul cried and a soul believed and God answered yes he can he can and he wants to I want us to stand and want the musicians to come